This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now on WEI.com, it's Talking Hoops with Paul Flannery. Everything you wanted to know about the Boston Celtics and the sport of round ball in general, all in one place. Talking Hoops with Paul Flannery on WEI.com. Welcome back to the Talking Hoops podcast. Joining me, a good friend of the show, Jeff Goodman. Fabulous college basketball writer for CBSSports.com. Man about town. No one knows more about these kids, these prospects, than Jeff Goodman. Jeff, how are you today? All is well, Paul. All is well. Uh, you know, NBA playoffs uh, winding down here, and uh, now we can talk about the draft for a few days at least. I love it. I love. It. It, it, isn't it funny? There's, there's like when the NFL, you get like three months to talk oh, about yeah. the draft. With with this, you get like a week. If you're lucky, I, I think you might get. You know. If, I was looking at it. If the NBA Finals, you know, if it went or goes seven games, uh, you get like a day. You get a day. No, I remember that 2010. It was right. like, oh, there's a draft tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who exactly. are these kids? Which is a great segue into the – Jeff, who are these kids? Now, I'm looking at this draft, and Anthony Davis, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time talking about him. I think he's going to be a fantastic NBA player. But you have the, t- you have the number two pick. You are running the Charlotte Bobcats. Who do you take with that second pick? I'm taking Bradley Beal. I don't think they're going to take Bradley Beal, but uh, he's, the to me, the, the most well-rounded player and also has a really high ceiling. He, he's kind of, everybody wants to compare him to Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. He's not quite Ray Allen, but, and everybody wants to hammer him because he only shot 35%, 34% from three his freshman year, his only year at Florida. But he is a terrific perimeter shooter who can do a lot of other things better than Ray Allen. He rebounds the ball extremely well. He really does. He, he defends much better than Ray. Again, he's not the shooter of Ray, but who, who is? Who I mean, is? It, it's unfair to put that comparison on the kid. Uh, but, he, you know, he's got good length. He's a high-character kid, a great teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Eric Murphy, a kid who's from around here who plays in Florida and I think will be a, a draft pick a year from now, um, raves about him. And, and the whole team does. Billy Donovan, everybody, as a kid, I just think – to me, they need that more, um, you know, the Bobcats. Mm-hmm. I just – I don't know. I mean, again, I think they're going to go with Thomas Robinson here, and I don't think they can go wrong. I think picks two to six are, are kind of a crapshoot in terms of, you know, what you prefer. Every kid's a little different from Thomas Robinson to Bradley Beal to Michael K. Gilchrist to Andre Drummond to Harrison Barnes. Those are five kids that are probably – they're all going to go from two to six in some order, and they're all very different. I, I love Bradley Beal. I love that call. And I don't nearly I don't watch nearly as much college basketball as you do, but I, I, I like a lot of things about him. I love that he can rebound. I love that he's got great shot mechanics. You kind of think, I always feel that, especially with freshmen, the, the numbers can be a little bit skewed. If they've got the mechanics, the shot is going gonna, is gonna to work at the, the next level. played, Paul, with two of the most selfish <laughs> guards I've ever seen in terms of Irving Walker and Kenny Boynton. Mm-hmm. So I, I put a lot of that on them, too, as far as not understanding, uh, well, Bradley Beal is our best player, our best shooter. Maybe we need to get him more looks than you know the 20 shots we take each game. 
Right. So, I, again, I don't want to make excuses for the kid, but yeah, I think to some degree he didn't want to step on toes of, of Irving Walker and Kenny Boynton, and, and it hurt him. Right. Now, the, the most intriguing player to me after Anthony Davis in this whole draft is Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Yeah. Because I, I watched him play. I mean, every NBA person who watched Kentucky play, which is kind of like a quasi-NBA team anyway, yeah. loved this kid. Loved the way he played. Loved the way he competed, defended, all that kind of stuff. Now, clearly, he's not a finished product offensively. And I guess the question is, how good can he be offensively? But to me, he can walk in at age 18, 19 and play NBA defense. Is that too much? No, I think he's Ron Artest without all the, uh, mm. the BS around Ron yeah. Artest. He's, he's the clean-cut version of Ron Artest. Uh, not a great offensive player, not a good shooter. I think he's going to have trouble scoring in the half court, um, which is why I think he could slip a few spots because mm-hmm. I don't think he's the right fit for Washington. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look at what Washington just did, uh, getting Ariza, getting uh, Okafor. If you put Gilchrist on there too, I just don't think you have enough skill guys. Right. Where if you add a guy like Bradley Beal, if he falls to three, or even Harrison Barnes, that's kind of what they need in Washington. They need somebody. John Wall's not a shooter. We right. know that. So they need somebody that's going to be able to keep Monis from the perimeter. And I just think Beal does that and a whole lot more. But getting back to Kid Gilchrist, high character, high motor. Uh, again, I would probably compare him to Artest because he can defend multiple positions. He brings toughness to the table. He'll help any organization he goes to immediately uh, from the defensive end. I just don't know how much he'll give you offensively except in transition. Right. No, I, I think I think I think that's probably right. And I love the fact that Beal could either be with John Wall or Kyrie Irving. What a yeah, fun yeah, young back. Win win, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, but Andre Drummond, biggest enigma in the draft. Boy, help me out. Help me out, Jeff. I wish I could. Listen, I, I used to run a top seventy-five camp here in, in New England until mm-hmm. I was unable to run it anymore because a certain college coach said it was a conflict of interest. So I had to give it up, and uh, that that head coach is now resides in Lexington, Kentucky. Really. Anyway, getting on to other things. Uh, I saw Andre Drummond for the first time before anybody after I believe it might have been in between his freshman and sophomore year. He has not really gotten any better since then. That's not good. He had a similar body. I remember leaving the gym and calling Dave Tellup, who I used to work with uh, now at the ESPN recruiting, national recruiting mm-hmm. guru, and I, I, I called him. I said, I, I just saw the number one player in the class of, it was 2013 at that time, and I think he reclassified or maybe it was 12 and he went 11, whatever it was. Uh, but Andre Drummond, too nice a kid. You know, he's got that Dwight Howard-esque body, mm-hmm. broad shoulders, uh, good skill level, can really pass the ball. People don't understand that. You know, people are trying to make excuses for the fact that he didn't have Jim Calhoun for most of the last year and the chemistry was terrible. And, you know, you had he and Jeremy Lamb and, you know, Shabazz Napier wasn't a good leader. I just, man, I'd have trouble drafting Andre Drummond in the top five. Mm-hmm. I just would. I mean, I know the potential's there, and, and I don't think he's going to be Kwame Brown. I don't. I think he's going to be better than Kwame Brown, but I don't think he's going to be a top 10 NBA center mm-hmm. either. I think he's going to be somewhere in between that he'll play really well some nights, and then he won't show up the, the, the next. I, I think confidence is going to be a major issue with him over the course of his career. And I just don't know if he's got that that absolute love for the game. I think he's going to break your heart, you know. Um, yeah, just, yeah, I think he could. Just, he's a great kid, not mm-hmm. a good kid, phenomenal kid. That helps, and it, you know, it seems to me just a random observation. It seems to me, in terms of the players in this draft, there are very few. There, there are questions about motor, questions about yeah. desire, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of 
wow, watch out for this kid. He's a bad kid. It's, I'm, I'm looking down the list now of, like, you know, top kids on there. And, you know, Deion Waiters has a few question marks with him just because he's tough. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's from comes from, you know, Philly. But, yeah, I That's a I point in his favor, I mean, Jeff, that he comes from Philly. Terrence Ter- Jones mm-hmm. might be one that you question a little bit, his character. Uh, you know, Arnett Moultrie was a kid that Tim Floyd didn't want when he got the job at UTEP. Mm-hmm. So, you, you obviously, you know Tim Floyd, and, you know, he's a guy who will take just about anybody, second-chance kids. And uh, he didn't take Moultrie, and Moultrie ended up going to Mississippi State. So, so that's another one. But for the most part, I, I think you're right. I mean, even Royce White, mm-hmm. people question, you know, he's just a different dude. But you talk to Royce White, Paul, you will fall in love with that kid. And, and that's what NBA teams are finding out right now is that, uh, he, he's really a charismatic, engaging kid who's got some issues, but right. he, he's not afraid to say what those issues are. Which you know, he's a couple steps ahead of probably you and I. Yeah, no, I think I think that's the, the, the Royce White's a really interesting, interesting kid, and yep. and which leads me now to where the Celtics are going to be picking down that twenty-one, twenty-two range, because I got four names for you, Jeff. Okay, Andrew Nicholson from St. Bonaventure. Yep. Fab Mello. Yep. Mo Harkless. Yep. And Royce White. Yeah, I think they're all probably going to be on the table. Okay. I think they could all be on the table. I mean, listen, one of them will probably be off, but you, you say, all right, so Nicholson, Mello, Royce White, and Harkless. Right. The, the most likely one to be off the table, I think, at that point is Harkless. Right. Um, I think they take a guy like Mello. I think if Fab Mello is there, mm-hmm. I think they take him. And uh, you know why? He, he's better than what they have at the center spot. <laughs> right. Maybe not today. He's still got a little ways to go, but he plays hard. He's a guy that can obviously defensively give you a presence. Uh, he can block shots. He can rebound. Uh, he got a lot better. But I saw him, I remember seeing him like four years ago uh, when he first got over here at an AU tournament. and I saw him like three times. People were raving about him. Come, came over from, I think he's from Brazil. Right. And, uh, you know, played so hard two of the games. And then one of the games he just didn't play hard at all. And I think that's him. But generally he plays hard on most nights and, and – in most plays, and again, a very nice kid, got into some trouble this year, but honestly, it was just academics because, you know, the language is hard for him to pick up, and um, but again, a, a nice kid, plays hard, athletic, legit, you know, I don't know what he measured at, he's got to be close to seven feet. Right, and he would have a great tutor if Garnett comes back. Yeah, I which mean, anybody would. Right. I mean, that's the one thing you say is like, like, who was I thinking about? I was thinking about somebody playing with, with KG and, and how much it would help. Yeah. Uh, you know, like even a kid like Arnett Moultrie, whoever. But, but you're right. You're going to get one or two years, hopefully, with KG if they resign him. And uh, you get the right guy. And I, I just I think he can bring him along. And, 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 well, you know who I was thinking? Like, like, what if an Andre Drummond ever got a shot to play with KG? Right. Like, right. think of how much better. Now, if Andre Drummond goes to the wrong spot, you know, and he's in Memphis with Zach Randolph, forget about it. <laughs> Career over. He never has a chance. But I think if you put a good young player that we question maybe their motor with KG, I think KG certainly can, can aid in that effort. Right. Well, he, he either will aid it or he'll, or he'll get the guy out of the league in like a half second. I know. Because I know. you're either going to listen or you're going to be gone. And, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Etuan Moore and Juwan Johnson rave about KG sure. this year. Absolutely. I think he's mellowed a little bit with the young guys. 
I think he has too. And I think he really liked I, I know he liked he loved Steamsma. Loved him. Really? Yeah. And he, he loved Ryan Hollins for some reason. And he and well, man, he, I love him if you put them together. Yeah, sure. But he talked all year long about how, how the young kid good group of young kids. He yep. kept saying good group of young kids, they listen, they pay attention. So that, I think that means they never stood up to him. That's right, what that means. Right. <laughs> but I think there's an interesting group of, of bigs that could be here. Tell me about Andrew Nicholson a little bit. I'm intrigued by Andrew Nicholson. Really skilled, probably the maybe the most skilled player in this entire draft. You know, comes from Canada, played at St. Bonnie's, four-year kid, um, not overly strong and big and physical. But he he blew me away. I'd never seen him in person, believe it or not, up until the Chicago Combine uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, that's the best setting for Andrew Nicholson. And every NBA team was there, and he shot it better than anybody, probably there, including Damian Lillard, who's mm. you know terrific. Uh, scoring point guard from Weber State, who will probably be the number one point guard in the draft. Uh, you know, Nicholson, a little bit frail. Uh, I don't know how much he'll give you right away. And he's not a great athlete, but he's a better – he's kind of a deceptive athlete because he runs a little bit awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he's long. He can score in the post. He's got good post moves. He can step out and really, really shoot it from mid all the way to the three-point line. So he's a tough matchup on that end. I guess I worry about him guarding yeah. uh, at the next level. But you know what? Right now, the Celtics need somebody that's going to score the basketball sure. uh, as much as just about anything. So if you ever threw like a Nicholson and a Fab Mello into the equation, maybe in a couple of years, you know, they're both good, solid, at least rotation guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think Nicholson's going to take a couple of years physically for him to be able to handle you know, going up against some of these big, strong men in the NBA. Right. Now, we, we touched on Royce White a little bit, so just so, so people understand what, what we're talking about with him. Tell us a little bit about, about, about him and the, the, in quotes, issues that he has. He, uh, he has some anxiety, an anxiety disorder, if I'm not mistaken. He does. He does. You know, he, he didn't make it. Uh, he committed to Minnesota out of high school, never played a game there for Tubby Smith, had a, a role in, a, I think, a stolen laptop, and has a fear of flying and he said he's like I don't sleep well at night I you know I, he's on medication obviously for for anxiety and everything like that but um I, I think his biggest problem was he hung out with his boys too much back home in, in Minneapolis and I think he's kind of not cut the cord but certainly become a little bit smarter uh in, in the fact that hey listen I got to do my own thing here mm-hmm. um he's come clean with all these NBA teams and admitted he's made the mistakes, but you know, six eight two seventy, Paul. Right. And he's a point forward. He's skilled. I mean, yeah. That's what he is. He passes it well. He can handle it well. He's built like a truck. Uh, he's more athletic than you think by looking at him and his body. Now, the the only thing I would say, like with with the Celtics, is you got to be able to utilize him well, and that means running stuff through Royce White. So I'm not sure the Celtics could do that with him now. Mm-hmm. But he's got a little bit, you know, obviously they do that with KG. You know, so sure. could he be a second-unit guy that could come in off the bench and really help facilitate and make life better for some of those other guys on the second unit, uh, whoever they, that may be down the road? You know, could you pair him with a Jeff Green if they re-sign Jeff Green? And... Um, you know, I don't know who they're going to have in the second year. <laughs> good, good question. Yeah, that's no, a mean, really good question. They need a shooter. I mean, that, that's the thing. We haven't talked needs yet, Paul. Mm-hmm. They need a wing who can shoot the ball. Right. The guy I want them to get, if he's there, and I'm not sure it's going to happen, is Terrence Ross. Oh, I like that. 
that's the guy I think. Like, if they could ever get Terrence Ross and Fab Mello, mm-hmm. those are the two that, that I would, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'd be ecstatic with. Ross is, comes from Washington, uh, played two years out there, and, uh, you know, 6'6", six, six, long, athletic, can shoot it. You know, I just think he'd be the perfect guy to come in and replace Ray Allen. Right. No. In, so this leads me to a to a to a different question. Who's worth? Who is worth moving up for? Because I'm not sure Terrence Ross would be there at 21. A lot of things would have to happen. Yeah, so, but somebody's got to slip. Okay. The only thing I'll tell you is, like, you know, I can read you 20 names, and like, all right, we know right off the bat. I, I know we don't want to bore too many people mm-hmm. with this, but you know, Anthony Davis, Thomas Robinson, Gilchrist, Beal, Barnes, Drummond, you know, Sullinger. Should be off the board with the recent issues mm-hmm. involving his back. If he ever went down to, to that range, the mm-hmm. Celtics should grab him in a heartbeat. But he'll be gone. Jeremy Lamb will be gone. You know, Lillard will Damian be gone. Lillard, right. You know, Henson will be gone. That's ten. Deion Waiters will be gone. That's eleven. Tyler Zeller's twelve. Austin Rivers will be gone. That's thirteen. Right there, that's thirteen. Okay, so out of that next group, you've got you know Kendall Marshall. Mm-hmm. Perry Jones, Terrence Jones, Myers Leonard should be gone. Moultrie, right? Harkless, that's six more. So we we we've just gotten a nineteen. We haven't mentioned Terrence Ross, right? So he could. That's all I'm saying. It's like you could have a guy there, and I think you will have a guy there that you did not expect to be there out of that group I just mentioned. Whether it's you know a Terrence Jones, a Perry Jones, a Moultrie, uh, a Terrence Ross, and and you know. All those guys, I think, could help. Yeah, no, I think they could. Um, I'd love to spend like a half hour talking about each one of these guys, but I'll just hit on a couple that are yep. that are pretty intriguing here. Uh, Perry Jones. <laughs> I hear you laughing. It's uh, like Andre Drummond. I, can yeah. I just replay what I said about Andre Drummond? Okay. Yeah. I mean, very similar. Very, you know, different positions. You know, Perry Jones played two years at Baylor. Uh, very, very nice kid, just like Andre Drummond. Uh, long, looks the part. You know, the difference is obviously Drummond, if you hit it with him, he's a five. Right. If you hit it with Perry Jones, you know, he's kind of like, kind of compare him a little bit. He's more skilled, but like Brandon Wright that came out mm-hmm. of North Carolina. And, mm-hmm. and he's, he's starting to play better, I guess, in the league. I haven't followed him that closely, but, you know, he's been better uh, this year than he has been. But, again, people question Perry Jones' toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think – he even said to me at the combine, I said, what was kind of the, the, the craziest or the best question you got from an NBA team? And uh, one of the teams asked him, they said, why don't you play as hard as Quincy Acey, his teammate from <laughs> right. Baylor who plays hard all the time? And he looked at me and he goes, he goes I couldn't really answer it. <laughs> oh, like, that's man. him. Like, he, he just says what's on his mind. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and again, could get eaten up in the NBA lifestyle. Right. But like KG, as you said, if you got Perry Jones, KG would either bring him along and yeah. toughen him up, or Perry Jones would be, would be he'd make Big Baby look as tough as his nails. <laughs> oh, I can't live. I can't live through another Big Baby. Yeah, player. I mean I can't Perry could it, be Jeff. a crier. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's talk about Austin Rivers because a lot of Celtics fans are fascinated by the notion of Austin Rivers. I don't think there is any way in no chance hell Austin Rivers plays for the Celtics. The best thing would be if he's on the board. If they if they would take him or not. Like I, <laughs> I would. Die to see him available. He's not going to be right at 21. Just to see what they did, because I don't know if Ainge and Doc have ever had that talk. Mm-hmm. Really had it. Like I think they've kind of BSed about it a little bit. Like you know, could you coach him? Could you know? I don't think they take him. 
Mm-hmm. I honestly don't believe Doc wants to coach Austin. Right. You know, I just it would be too hard. Austin's a great kid, um, but he's got a lot more swagger than his dad ever had. Yeah. Literally. I mean, Austin going into the league has more swagger than Doc had after, you know, 10 years in the league. <laughs> and that's a good thing. I, right. like, I think that's going to serve Austin really well. Again, my biggest questions with Austin are, are, are always going to be how he blends in and accepts a role in the NBA. At Duke, he was able to be the guy. Um, is he going to be able to do that? You know, he's a two-guard. Right. Don't let anybody tell you he's a point. He's a two-guard. He scores the ball extremely well. Uh, he's got a great first step. He's not like an unbelievable athlete, but he, he knows how to play. He knows how to get to the basket and finish. Um, streaky shooter. Can be a good defender if he wants to be. Mm-hmm. And he's a killer. Right. He's a killer. I mean, he wants the ball with the game in the line, and he thinks he's better than everybody else in the court, which is, again, I think that'll serve him well at the next level. I think he'll be like Monte Ellis. And I don't know if he'll put up those type of numbers. Right. But I think that's the type of player he's going to be. Well, it's interesting. I mean, like, there are two things here with this. One is that on when you have a team with Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Rajon Rondo, you don't want the coach to be coaching his own son because oh. there's a there's a distinct Imagine you know, Rondo. Oh. Just imagine Rondo oh. dealing with Rondo and in, 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 in his yeah. – I don't even know how to, 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 <laughs> to say it, but I guess like his – I don't know, his mentality, his yeah. mental approach, and how he would deal with Doc coaching Austin Rivers. Oh, he'd, he would probably try to take him apart every day in practice. Yeah, it, would, it, it get just ugly. wouldn't be a good thing. No. and then, But then is the basketball thing, which is, especially if you keep Rondo, the ball starts with Rondo, it ends with Rondo yep. until he makes a pass. You Austin Rivers is a player that needs the ball in his hands, at least Absolutely. at this point. And so they need guys who can play off the ball. Like you mentioned Terrence Ross. I love that. I love that call. Guy like, you know, Nicholson or, 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 or whoever. Those guys that can play off the ball off and work off of Rondo. Moultrie's a good name. Mm-hmm. Moultrie's a good name if he falls because here's why. I, I think he's one of the top three rebounders in this draft. Mm. I'm not sure if Angel loves him, but, but I do from a simple standpoint that, you know, obviously Boston needs rebounding desperately. Right. You know, a guy that can really go after it, uh, rebound in and out of the air, you know, his area. Moultrie's that guy. He's 6'11", you know, 250-ish, 240, 250. Uh, again, the big question mark for him comes from character and, and what happened at UTEP, why Tim Floyd wouldn't want him. But you know what? Other than the last year, it's not like Danny Ainge just, you know, prioritized drafting character. No. <laughs> True. You know? and, and I think, to be honest, from last year and getting Juwan Johnson each one more, and I think there's certainly been some, some level of disappointment on Juwan Johnson so far mm-hmm. and maybe his lack of toughness, I, I could see Ainge going back to the old philosophy of, of – you know, hey, listen, I'm taking the best talent available. I don't care if Royce White, you know, has all these, these red flags or Moultrie or whoever. I'm just going to get the best the, the guy that I think is going to have a chance to impact the most. Yeah, no, I th- I th- it's an interesting call. Um, Jeff, I'll get you out here on this. Anthony Davis, we'll bring it back to the top. How good is this kid going to be? I think he is going to be, you know, barring injury and all that, I think he is going to be sensational. Yeah, one of the best. Yeah. I mean, one of the best in this league. I'd be surprised if Anthony Davis were not talking about a guy that's in the All-Star game every single year. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not the first or second year. But once he gets there that first time, I think he'll be a fixture in the All-Star game. I think we could be talking about He doesn't have the offensive game of Kevin Durant, obviously, but he's such a great shot blocker, defensive player, and he's got a much better offensive game than people 
give him credit for right now. I mean, he's skilled. I saw it a couple of years ago uh, on the AU circuit when he was allowed to do anything. I mean, he can break guys down off the dribble, but he was almost – and this is what made Kentucky so successful, and this is why people love these two guys, Anthony Davis and Michael K. Gilchrist, because they, they really did. They put their teammates uh, ahead of them. They didn't try to play for the NBA and, and you know, the, the, the stock or anything like that. They just they, – they played their role. And, yeah. and Anthony Davis could have taken a whole lot more shots early on in the season. All he did was honestly – run the court and dunk and finish inside. And then towards the end, the last 10 games in the NCAA tournament, he started to step out and Cal Perry used to, I think he gave him the green light and told him, hey, listen, we need you to make some of these shots. And, and he can and he did. No, I, 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 you know, I, I don't even think the comparisons to Garnett are that out of, out of line. They're not. They're, they're, they're really not. Again, I mean, Davis isn't quite as uh, emotional, isn't mm-hmm. quite as fiery. He's a better shot blocker. He's not quite as skilled on the offensive end. Uh, and, and the other thing is he doesn't take all turnaround jumpers. Right. <laughs> well, he's also not as crazy probably as Kevin. But, he's you know. not. No, no, no. Anthony Davis is a really mellow, uh, really mellow kid. Um, but but their, their games aren't that far off. I mean, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. He's got a blend of a lot of, you know, he's got some Marcus Camby in him from the shot blocking end. He's got some KG in him. Uh, I'm trying to think. He's got some Chris Bosh in him. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of different players, but he, he's he's fairly unique. Right. Jeff, thanks so much. This has been great. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely catch up again soon. Jeff Goodman, CBSSports.com. Follow him. Uh, what's the Twitter, Jeff? It is uh, Goodman CBS. Absolute must follow. Th- Jeff, thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. Anytime. Thanks, Paul. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.